and welcome to episode number 51 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about what constitutes family violence when it comes to a case going on up in the great white north in Canada, our neighbors to the north here in the United States. It's an interesting case that is disturbing. And I think it really is a mirror to show so many things that are going wrong in our culture in this time where everything's supposed to be for the children, where your rights are being eroded, where the government, no matter which one it seems to be, knows better than you do. They know how you should raise your kids. They know what you should eat. They know when you should sleep. They know what cars you should drive or maybe not drive at all. The government knows all. And it's something that I think we all believe it's maybe just going on in our own little parts of the world, in our own countries. We know what's going on here in the United States, but we hear from people all over the world that this kind of stuff is going on. If you don't believe there's a push for a one world government, you start looking at where the threads all seem to be pulled from and where you have consistencies and you ask yourself why we're dealing with the insanity that we are this particular case is one of a transgender teen so you can already tell where we're going with this one it's going to be the question of when the parents disagree with their child who is underage who is going to be the one making the decisions and whose rights will prevail? You know the world we're living in. So, I mean, we're probably not giving you any spoilers to say the kid is being allowed to do whatever they want and run rampant, even with their small little 14 year old teenage brain that is nowhere near being completely formed into a cohesive unit to make reasonable and rational thoughts i mean i know i probably made a lot of crazy thoughts and uh, decisions back when i was 14 i think we all did i think we all look back right now and go hey was i an idiot back then most of us will probably say yes and this is the scary part about this case because of course when the child is allowed to do whatever they want they can do harm to themselves and a parent is not even allowed to step in Now, the one thing that I just couldn't figure out when reading a few news stories about this case was that the teen's lawyer always had her name printed without capital letters. And at first I thought, well, the first sight, well, these people just their editor must suck. Maybe took a day off. Nobody noticed this. And then I noticed, well, the name appeared again, no capital letters. And I went to a different site, read another article about this. The lawyer's name, once again, not in capital letters. Well, so I did a little bit of research and I said, well, who is this lawyer? Who is this Barbara Findlay? And why is her name not spelled with capital letters? And she does this intentionally, of course, because this is what you do, I guess, when you're going out of your way to get attention, to be different, to show that you can do anything that you want. I can push any against anything going on in society and I can change it. 
I mean, when the first thing on the page and just describing herself as I am a queer feminist lawyer committed to making the law work for all of us. <laughs> well, you're obviously not committed to making it work for this kid's parent lady. If that's the right pronoun. I mean, I wouldn't want to mispronoun anybody here. So this lawyer, the queer feminist lawyer who's committed to making the law work for all of us, doesn't put capital letters in her name. And of course, this is explained on her website because that makes perfect sense as well. And I'll read this for you. My name is spelled without capital letters. People make many assumptions about why that is. Here is the story. I have always signed my name without capital letters. When I was taking a Master of Laws degree in 1990, I had letterhead designed and my name was in lowercase. I liked it, so I continued it when I returned to private practice in 1992. What an uproar! Lawyers called me to say that they had a vote in their firm about why I chose that spelling. A court rejected an order because my name was not properly spelled. And the local queer newspaper refused for years to spell my name without capital letters. Um, why are you pointing out that they're a queer newspaper? Couldn't you just add a local newspaper? But no, I guess the queer part was important to show that even though you're queer as well, according to your own website, maybe they just weren't as woke as you yet about misusing capital letters or not using capital letters when it comes to proper names. I realized that I had the a perfect illustration of how we react when someone moves even a tiny bit away from a norm of behavior, even with respect to something that has no impact on anyone else. So I kept that spelling and I tell the story in unlearning oppression workshops. Look, the language is the language. If proper names are capitalized for everybody, you don't get to fucking choose that your name is so special that it doesn't have to abide by the same fucking rules that everybody else does. I'm sorry. This puts a very interesting, you know, this already, when you're looking at this case, seeing that this is the lawyer for this kid, I really, I'm feeling sorry for this kid. You can see the child abuse coming a mile away. And this is the problem with a lot of what's going on right now is the, well, I could spell my name with, without capital letters and you have to do what I want. Otherwise, you are offending me. You are committing violence. You can't misgender me. You can't mispronoun me. You can't miscapital letter me. These are all violent, hateful things. No, it's the use of the language. It's something that's been happening for hundreds of years. The language is the language. If proper names are meant to be capitalized, you don't get to choose that they're not. And there's no reason for it, except this again. Is somebody just dying for attention? I mean, I, I know I'm a podcaster. I have multiple podcasts. I talk way too much. Uh, and, but this person, even more than me, is like, hey, over here. Look, I spelled my name without capital letters. How <laughs> woke am I? How woke am I? And will you let this person now be the lawyer to be counsel to a 14 year old who is confused about their gender i mean what do you think this person is going to be all about of course they don't give a crap about this kid they're pushing their own agenda because i'm all 
behind what people want to do once they're an adult. If you're 18 and that's your adult, and I'm still with question it at 18. I don't even think you're quite ready to make these kind of decisions at 18. But once you hit a reasonable age, if you want to go transgender, I'm completely behind you. Go ahead. Do it. Whatever floats your boat. But at 14, I have a bit of an issue with this. And obviously, so does the child's. We won't say he or her because I wouldn't want to offend anybody. The child's parents, one of them, anyway, the father, is not behind this. So we're going to get into a very interesting battle here of you have a 14-year-old. They're living in your house. You're responsible for them. I mean, you got to feed them and pay you know, for all their insurance, whatever else you got to do. I mean, it's Canada. Maybe you don't have to pay for the insurance, but you still have to pay for the food and shelter and all that, unless you're going to kick them out. And then I don't know how legal that is right now, but. You're responsible for this child. You're the one raising this child. So if your child comes up at 14 and says, well, I'm transgender, I want to go through transgender drug therapy, and the parent disagrees with that, who gets to make the choice? I don't think anybody should be able to give drugs to a 14-year-old to go through transgender therapy. I think the doctors should be the ones locked up at that point because that's not necessary. Deal with the issue, get them all the psychiatric help, get them all the emotional support you can. And when they're an adult, they can decide what they want to do physically with their body. Up until that point, they're still human beings. They still have a functioning life. They are not medically in any danger. But in this particular case, and we'll read this from the examiner. Vancouver, a father who opposes his transgender child's pursuit of testosterone therapy, showed behavior that went beyond mere expressions of disapproval, but was coercive and intimidating, and thus was a clear act of family violence. So uh, they don't say that there was any physical violence here, and we wouldn't condone that. But if you have a really stupid kid or a really confused kid, and they're going to do something stupid, or they're going to do something that you know is harmful to them, or at least you feel is harmful. I mean, we won't make judgments because, hey, we don't want to offend anybody. But if you think they're going to do something that's going to be detrimental to them, yelling at them, I guess, now and telling them they're wrong is now a clear act of family violence in Vancouver. I don't know. Anybody out there? who had even one parent, I mean, if you had two, that's even better, twice the chance, how many of you were never yelled at by a parent? Go. I don't think any of us were never yelled at by a parent or a parental figure, because as kids, we're going to do stupid stuff, and it's their responsibility to make sure we don't do stupid stuff. This concept that that is now going to be conforming, that is now going to be considered Family violence is absolutely insane. Because of that harmful behavior, a lower court was correct to place restrictions on the father's ability to talk about the case, argued the child's lawyer, the Barbara Findlay. And I'm spelling it with capital letters. So, hey, I'm a rebel. It's interesting in these kind of cases, then, where they want to silence the father from talking, because really, it's always the cases where you're in the right 
where you're trying to silence the other side and don't even want to let them talk about what's going on to the press. Makes perfect sense to me. We always want to hide the truth. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get what's going on. The lawyer says, and I quote, for a transgender person, having the world refuse to accept the gender identity that you say you are is the most profound harm because it's a denial of your human identity. No, Barbara fucking stupid Finlay, it's not a denial of your human identity. It is a denial of your gender. It has nothing to do with your human identity. Do you not understand? Male and female are both still human. Maybe spelling your name without capital letters has caused serious brain damage because you don't seem to understand that both genders are human. I don't get it. I don't know why I would trust this person at all, but let's just understand also that saying that somebody not accepting the gender that you say you are is now the most profound harm that can be done to this kid. (laughs) I guess getting run over by a bus, getting stabbed with a steak knife, getting shot, getting punched in the face, um, all of these things would not be the most profound harm because the most profound harm that you could do is to deny or refuse to accept the gender that this child claims that they are the lawyer says the dad's expression rights end at the point to where they harm the child so the dad having an opinion now that's against what his kid wants to do is now harmful and maybe you agree with the kid in this case and you think the transgender thing is great at 14 but then where do we draw the other lines then aren't all kids just adults then by 14 they can make all their decisions Kids usually want to do a lot of things their parents don't want them to do, whether it's drink, have sex, do drugs, uh, you know, run out in traffic, whatever it is. There's a lot of things that kids want to do that their parents go, no, no, you'll be in by whatever time. So when, if you're going to allow kids to do this at age 14 to say, no, I can make my own decision and I can enter into drug therapy to become transgender at 14, then I guess the parents should have absolutely no say. In anything else that happens, because I can't really see you saying you make sure you're home by 10 o'clock and that carrying any weight when you can't even keep the kid from having drug therapy. So where do we where do we stop this? Where do the kids get control at what age and when do the parents have control? If the parents have no control whatsoever anymore, if they have nothing to do with what the child does, then what's the point of having kids anyway? Like the government can do everything they can control. They can make the decisions. Don't worry. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Those not words that anybody wants to hear. The Examiner article says at the heart of the case is a 14-year-old transgender boy who has identified as a male since age 11. He was referred last year by a psychologist to BC Children's Hospital to treat his gender dysphoria. The hospital's gender clinic found it was in the child's best interest to proceed with hormone therapy to help him transition from a female body to a male one and obtain the consent from the child and his mother. The father went to court to try to block the treatment, but in February, B.C. Supreme Court Justice Gregory Bowden ruled that the child was, quote, exclusively entitled to consent to treatment. 
Bowden then went on to declare that the child must be referred to using male pronouns, and this is the best part, and that any attempt to persuade the child to abandon treatment or references to the child using female pronouns, quote, shall be considered to be family violence. Well, to BC Supreme Court Justice Gregory Bowden, let me just say, fuck you family violence, telling a kid they're wrong, disagreeing, calling them by the gender that they were born as. None of this is family violence. Government overreach, child abuse, these, this is. I don't understand the world, again, where the government thinks they know how to raise your child better than you do. When they are making it Against the law in this case, for a father even to have a conversation with a child telling them why they don't agree with the treatment that they're having. Is this the government that we want? Is this the world that we want where the government can tell you what to do with your kids? And at what age do kids get to have this exclusively being exclusively entitled to consent to things? Because at the age of 14, I mean, a lot of kids want to do a lot of things that their parents probably don't agree with. They want to go out. They want to stay out late. They want to drink. They want to do drugs. They want to have sex. A lot of things parents are like, hey, 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 not when you're under my roof. But this seems like if a kid can have drug therapy to change from one gender into another, if they're fucking smart enough to make that decision, if their brains of mush are that well formed that they can make that decision at 14, then Parents, get the hell out of the way. Let's let the 14-year-olds do whatever the hell they want, and let's see what happens to them. All the media outlets talking about the Jeffrey Epstein case made 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds seem like they were completely helpless creatures who didn't know what they were doing, who couldn't consent to anything. But now, in this case, all of a sudden, 14, hey, you have your whole life planned out. You're smart enough to make massive life decisions. Well, which is it, media? The fact that you have a Supreme Court justice in Canada that's backing this, this is scary stuff, people. And I just don't get it. It's what's going on in the world where you can't dare tell somebody they're a moron. You can't dare tell a kid they don't know any better yet, that they need a little bit more experience. You can't father a child and expect to have any control or mother a child. You can't parent a child because the government is going to come along and tell you that you don't have any rights to take control of your child, even though they're still under your protection. The article says the father refuses to acknowledge the child by his chosen name. Well, again, it's a female, but let's not get into that or acknowledge his gender identity. In fact, the father has suggested his child is delusional and is the victim of sex activist agendas and brainwashing. <laughs> that kind of sounds like maybe what's going on here. Because the kid's 14! The lawyer, all lowercase Findlay, says his dad doesn't think that transgender is a thing, that it's essentially not human. Again, we're not talking about humanity here, you idiot. We're talking about gender. And that's a different thing than humanity. And having kids chemically alter their bodies at 14 years old because a doctor suggests it and the court says it's the right thing shows the sleigh ride to hell that our society overall is on. 
When an appeal court panel member, Justice Barbara Fisher, questioned whether the father's actions met the definition of family violence, all lowercase Findlay replied that the father's insistence that his child be somebody he is not was a clear attempt at coercion and intimidation. Yeah. So telling your daughter she's a daughter or telling your son he's a son is now an attempt at coercion or intimidation. So parents, you want to be very, very careful in Canada. You don't probably even want to talk to your kids at all because you may say something that runs you afoul and will have you being accused of family violence if you dare mention the gender, the actual biological gender of a child. I feel sorry for the kid. I really do. At 14 years old, your head is really a bowl bowl of mush. You don't know what's going on in the world. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. I sincerely hope that anything they do today is not regretted in the years to come. When you look at the main page of this lawyer's site, there's all the different crazy things that they're fighting for, including the federal government asking gender on any document whatsoever. So now he won't, they don't want you to even be able to ask when you're going in for any type of identification to identify a gender because you know why would we want to do that it's just hateful i guess in some way shape or form and we don't want to be defined by gender but you have them still and they are identifying and this is the kind of activist insanity mentality that leads to things like the child abuse of this poor kid who's being put through this i mean maybe these people think they're doing the right thing and they're just fucked in the head as well but Doing this to a 14-year-old kid is never right. Again, give them all the support they need. Wait till they are of legal age and then let them do what they want. If all 14-year-old kids can make this kind of decision, then parents, you have absolutely no control over your children's well-being whatsoever. That if your kid decides, get some crazy idea in their head, there's absolutely nothing you can do. And when does that start? When does that stop? At what age can kids have this particular autonomy from their parents i guess we'll find out how this goes in canada and how these types of things going on worldwide are going to start being resolved because they have to be resolved at some point hopefully sanity can come back logic can come back parents can parent their own damn kids without the influence of government radical activist judges and crazy fucking activist lawyers who can't even spell their name with capital letters because they're so woke and different and wow, they're really cool. I don't know. We're hoping at some point the world can begin to find a little bit more reason and a little bit more logic where people don't go completely off the deep end. But hey, maybe that's asking too much in this new world order. I hope you like what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. It's been a whole lot of fun to do these 51 episodes so far. And we're hoping to do quite a bit more. So always reach out to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If there's things you think I should talk about, things you think I should talk less about, whatever, you can reach out to us on email, random thoughts podcast, R A N D U M B thoughts podcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at random podcast, R A N D U M B podcast, and at Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L. We do work on the value for value model. So if you'll really like what you're hearing here, go over to the Random Thoughts website and click that little donation button. You can do any small amount, any big amount. You can do a monthly thing, whatever you want to do. And 
at the very least, if you like the show, click one of those subscribe buttons. You can do it in Apple. You can do it in Android. You can do it in email. You can get the show every time a new one drops, and you guarantee that you will never miss an episode. It's always good to be able to rant to you, and I appreciate you listening and hearing the rants. Sometimes they're crazier than others, but it helps me get some stuff off my chest, and I do appreciate the outlet. So, until next time, I'm Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.